Hi, this is Jim Martin, and this is my encouragement note, number 75. Well, this is the list of five. Today is the day to care. I want the people who matter most to me to know that I care. When we lived in Waco, Texas, I received a call one day from a person who asked to meet with me along with her spouse. They wanted to meet for counseling, to talk about the difficulties in their marriage. I met with this couple and they talked at length about what was unpleasant and dissatisfying. As they unpacked their grievances, they showed very little emotion. They did not seem particularly angry or distressed. I met with this couple every other week for about three months. Each time they would lodge another complaint toward the other, and still there was almost no emotion expressed. And finally, one day, something occurred to me. They've stopped caring. Both had become apathetic toward one another. They had little emotion left and seemingly no will to change. Well, as I think about my own relationships today, I never want to stop caring. I want to care deeply. I care about my spouse. I care about my children and grandchildren. I care about my friends. I may feel sad, perplexed, or frustrated at times in my relationships. Or I may feel encouraged and fully loved at other times. However, I never want to become apathetic toward the people who matter most to me. Perhaps the challenge is to consistently show these people by my words and behavior that I genuinely care. Simon Sinek once said, It doesn't matter when we start. It doesn't matter where we start. All that matters is that we start. And today, think about your spouse, your children, and your friends. And as you think about each of these people, consider the following. What person could use an encouraging text message from you today? What person needs to hear you invite them to lunch? What person needs to hear your voice on the phone speaking a few affirming words? Maybe one of the best things you and I can do today is to show someone through our words or behavior that we really care. What matters is that we start. Second, what influences you? I realize I realize there is much in life that you and I cannot control. So much that happens in this life is out of our control. At the same time, you and I can be intentional about what might influence us. For example, consider the choices we make each day. We can't control everything, but we can be intentional about the following. What will my input be? What will feed my mind? I can choose to put into my mind God's word, good thoughts, beauty, etc. I can think about what is good, right, and just. I focus on all, I can focus on all that I have to be grateful for. I, I can read good books, listen to music, and speak with those who tend to inspire and elevate. I can think about or tell stories that are inspiring. Or 
I can spend much time reading negative, cynical remarks and comments on social media. I can regularly put into my mind what is negative, critical, and cynical. What will I choose my input to be? What will my associations be? Who am I spending time with? I want to spend time with people who love God and are focused on serving Him. I want to be with people who are positive and who live with thankfulness to God. I want to be with a few people who laugh regularly, particularly at themselves. I don't want to spend too much time with self-absorbed people or those who are focusing on purchasing the next toy or trinket. I don't want to spend too much time with those who, who seem to worship their own self-importance. What will my environment be? What surroundings will I choose? I don't want to constantly be staring at my phone, particularly when there is another person in the room. I want to be fully present with others. I want to be present and engaged with others in the room. My input, my associations, my environment, these are all important influences in my life and yours. And it helps me to think about each of these and then consider the choices I am making. I realize there is much in life that you and I can't control. However, we can be intentional about our input, our associations, and our environment. Perhaps today I can do something on purpose to elevate and enhance what might influence me. I would like for my influences to help me reach higher, persevere, and love God to the fullest. And next, your age, your time, and longing for the new. I recently heard English poet Malcolm Geit quote a wonderful poem written by Edmund Waller. Edmund Waller was born in 1606 and died in 1687. He was an English poet and a politician who was a member of Parliament between 1624 and 1687. He wrote, The seas are quiet when the winds give o'er. So calm are we when passions are no more. For then we know how vain it was to boast of fleeting things so certain to be lost. Clouds of affection from our younger eyes conceal that emptiness which age descries. The soul's dark cottage, battered and decayed, lets in new light through chinks that time hath made. Stronger by weakness, wiser men become as they draw near to their eternal home, leaving the old both worlds at once they view that stand upon the threshold of the new. This poem is entitled, old age. However, I actually think these lines may speak to many people regardless of age. Every one of us age and get older. There is a point, however, in which we will stand upon the threshold of the new. Perhaps this is a good reminder that our flesh wants to focus on getting old. Some of us complain that we are no longer in our 30s or 40s or 50s, yet all of us in Christ are moving toward the threshold of the new, and that is good news.
And then what helps us continue, and this is especially for ministers and other church leaders, this is part one of two. It's true that in recent years, a number of ministers have left full-time congregational ministry. This is only intensified since the pandemic. There are a variety of reasons for this that have been discussed and written about in other places. Not long ago, in preparation for a presentation at the annual Hope Network retreat, I talked with a number of ministers from across the country who serve in various full-time ministry roles in their churches. And I asked them about their practices or habits that contributed to their decision to continue serving. These ministers noted that the last three years have been very difficult for them and at times very discouraging. Nevertheless, they continue to serve their churches. I'll share a few of their habits below and then do the same in the next encouragement note. A number of ministers acknowledged the following practices. One, a part of a healthy group of fellow ministers. A number of these ministers said that being a part of a healthy group of healthy ministers has been significant. One person spoke of his Zoom group. These ministers in this group met once per uh, month to work on being a less anxious presence. Another spoke of being a part of a group of ministers who met by Zoom weekly with a therapist. They each had 20 minutes to talk about whatever they wished, and the therapist would respond. There was something about hearing other ministers talk that made them feel less alone. Another minister has a small group of ministers with whom he connects with every week. It's been difficult as several in the group left ministry in the last three years, and yet this group has encouraged him greatly. Without this group, he's not sure he could have stayed. Number two, so many of these people practice the spiritual disciplines. Some spoke of their time focusing on uh, various spiritual disciplines. One minister said he focused more on the Psalms. Another minister spoke of how important these daily disciplines are to him. Number three, changing the focus. Several ministers spoke about intentionally adjusting or changing their focus. One person said, I began focusing less on my resentments and more on my own response to what was happening in our church and around me. Another spoke of cultivating a spirit of gratitude and contentment instead of focusing on grievances. One minister talked about focusing on the grace of God and the power of God. One Arkansas minister spoke of reading an article by Lynn Anderson in which he said that a minister really has little credibility until he's been with the church for about seven years. This really helped this young minister with his thinking and expectations. And finally, a Memphis minister spoke of the need to cultivate and protect joy. And then these people cultivate and nourish friendships. A number of ministers spoke of the tremendous value of having healthy friendships. One minister meets regularly by Zoom with a group of friends who went through seminary together. They are intentional about encouraging one another in these calls. One minister spoke of working with a church that was in the same town in which his dad preached. His dad, however, served another congregation. At the time, he was a very young youth minister. His dad and another more experienced preacher invited this youth minister to meet with them weekly for lunch. 
He said that these two were healthy ministers, but they spoke openly of their problems in the churches they served. It helped him to see that these two had served for a long time, had problems, and yet did not quit. Another minister spoke of surrounding himself with healthy people who he could talk with instead of isolating himself when he's down. And finally, one minister said that his friendships were the nucleus of his mental health. Well, finally, I would encourage you to read the little section, etc. <clears throat> Those are some reading, listening resources, and you may find at least one of these to be helpful to you. I hope you have a great week. And if you have a friend that would appreciate or enjoy this encouragement note, I would encourage you to share uh, this encouragement note with him or her. I hope you have a great week. Thank you for reading this.